0: welcome to dunzo this is a podcast that explores hookups and breakups of famous lovers and friends both real and fake and all the discarded pop culture of yesteryear i'm your host troy mckity Okay you guys welcome to another spooky episode of Dunzo. It is me Troy McGeady and I'm super super excited about today's episode because i wanted to talk about this movie for so long. Well I wanted to talk about this movie for a really long time but especially now because I just talked about Scream for two weeks in a row with my friend Jay. So this week I am joined by Sinique from the Everybody Wants Something podcast. How are you?
1: I'm doing so well. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited that you're here. You have no idea. I wish you could see. Me. I'm like, I'm <laughs> grinning from ear to ear. I'm so excited. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love meeting other horror fans, like people who love horror. It's just like a there's a shorthand
1: between us, you know, like you just, we just get each other. Yes, it's so true. I I, I definitely do feel like when I meet someone who loves horror, I'm just like, oh, God, kindred spirits. Like, Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yes. And speaking of, you also have another podcast called We Die First, which is amazing. Is it also a horror podcast?
1: Yeah. No, thank you. I'm (laughs) so happy you enjoy it. Uh, Yeah, it's a horror podcast. Um, I host it with my friend Andrew, who's a fellow comedian, and we just talk about a new horror movie every week and basically just riff (laughs) the desired, you know, show. We usually take kind of like a a young black perspective because you know when we're in those movies we do tend to die first assuming yep. we're in the movie <laughs> yes <laughs> noticeable lack of black people in this one but we do show up in the sequel so
0: <laughs> yes I was just telling uh I was telling Jay the last week that he was on uh we were talking about like all of the screams and like the one like black male character well there's like one single black male character in all of the screams but it, like, the role is so sad.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: it's so sad. Like, that camera guy is so sad. Says all of the most cliche shit.
1: Yeah. Every once in a while, you get lucky, and you get, like, a Halloween H2O that actually has, like, a lot of black people Yes, here.
0: it's true. Plus Jamie
1: Lee Curtis. So. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. But you guys, I love your podcast. I like We Die First because you guys do a lot of deep cuts. Like, horror deep cuts. Like, for people... You can always tell when people really genuinely like horror or when they just like it in quotes, you know?
1: Mm. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you
0: guys genuinely like horror, so I love it.
1: Yeah, it's 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 been fun doing it for sure. And I think, I mean, I could, which we are going to do, I can wax poetic about horror movies for literal hours yes. of my day. So this is awesome.
0: Yeah, so I guess I should say today... We are talking about I Know What You Did Last Summer, which I am so excited to talk about Scream's Redheaded Stepchild and Sister. Like, I'm so excited.
1: <laughs> you know, that's like totally right, though, because I realized that. Um, so I told you, I was like, oh, I haven't seen this movie in so long. Forgot. I actually saw it last year, but forgot about it. And l- Genuinely was watching it like, wait, I don't think I actually know what happens in this. <laughs> it was like actually excited about it. It's, it is true though. It's like the sad stepchild. Oh my god.
0: <laughs> Which is insane because it's so good, and I have it is. I have a theory that I'm gonna run by you when we get into it of like of why I think it's the redheaded stepchild. Ooh, okay. But I love this movie like so much. I used to watch this as a teenager. All the fucking time. I love it. I think it's so entertaining.
1: It's so like again. I'm. I was watching it. I took so many notes, and so many of the notes are like, oh shit. Wait, what? Like, wait, who was the killer? Like, they actually got me with the red herring, or like the several red herrings they threw in there. Yes, it's so good, and I feel like it's a part of what is my favorite era of like slasher, which is like the post scream like yeah um kind of meta uh slasher where you you stack your cast with like young hot hollywood that doesn't happen anymore (laughs) it's like oh my god i know like how iconic is it that you have like like, fucking buffy you have you know jennifer Love hewitt you have ryan Phillippe, and freddie prince jr all in the same movie and like and he's randomly like (laughs) (laughs) and he'll he'll jack and he (laughs) <laughs> who, who genuinely scared you when she showed up Like yes. she scares me so much
0: she's like cutting the heads off like catfish for no reason it's like okay yeah. um, <laughs> but no horror. yeah no <laughs> so like literally I'm always like oh and he's from I know what you did last summer as Billy Blue's sister or whatever the fuck um <sighs> but no I agree I think like this is like a golden age of horror for me Mm -hmm. and they definitely don't do this anymore like stacking the cast like this and having all these it's like a little um it's like a little bubble of all of the things because they're also i guess this would be more so for scream than this movie but like in scream like they're all dressed in the most trendy of the time like they're selling everything you Mm -hmm. know what i mean yeah it's a giant advertisement that was extremely effective on my my psyche as a teenager
1: I mean, yeah, but even just, like, how iconic, my favorite part of this era of horror is also, like, the VHS or DVD sleeve or, like, the the poster, because it was just, like, oh, yeah. they were all the same. It's, like, a bluish hue, and then you have, like, all of these, like, actors kind of, like, lined up and just looking, like, really hot but scared. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's like the, what is it, like Blair St. Clair is like, I'm cold, don't tell anyone. It's like, I'm hot, but I'm scared. And yeah. I, I fucking love it. It's so good. It's so they need to bring true. it back. They have to bring it back because it's, oh God, it's so iconic.
0: It's so true. It's everybody like looking over their shoulder, like a little bit shocked. Yeah. Of like what they, of the horrors they've seen. <laughs> I, do you remember the, like the first time ever seeing this movie?
1: Uh, Man, I would have been really young because, um, so my sister is nine years older than me. So she was like the target demographic, like for these movies, like she would have been probably like 15 or ish, 14, 15 when this came out. Okay. And I want to say we probably watched it after like a trip to Blockbuster got the VHS and yes. I was allowed to like, I know she's like having a sleepover and I'm just like creepily in the corner, like watching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> That's such like little sister energy
1: basically yeah i'm just like oh this is so good just happy to be here (laughs) yeah just like you know i'm just one of the girls (laughs) (laughs) hi ladies
0: you're like under the bed (laughs) 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 Um, so true (laughs) so what is your i guess like a side like of course we're gonna talk about this movie but like as far as your horror journey like what got you into horror movies as a kid
1: So it was literally just that, like, I think it was probably my sister and older cousin hanging out on a Friday night, going to Blockbuster, getting a bunch of horror movies. And so my family mom is so weird in that I was allowed to watch them, but like no sex. So like, if there was any like boob, I had to cover my eyes, but like beheadings, disenfilements, like I was (laughs) there, like I was. (laughs) So there. And, and when I tell people this, uh, people who like know me really well, they're like, yeah, no, I, it makes sense. I see that. Like, I get why you're like this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's how it started for me. And I think it just like, it, it just, I, I don't know, like it, it lit the fire in me out of like a pretty young age, like six, seven. And then I've just been obsessed with horror genuinely since I was like a small child.
0: <laughs> I get that. That's, I mean, I, Yeah, like, I think the weird thing about horror movies is I feel like even though they're obviously not intended for kids, it's like something happens when you watch them as a kid. Mm -hmm. You just sort of, I wouldn't say that you become desensitized, but it's like your appreciation for what you're seeing is different than somebody who doesn't grow up watching them. Mm -hmm. It's just a different kind of love, you know?
1: (laughs) Yeah, and it's like that love of, like... Genuinely being scared too, because mm-hmm. it's very different when you're older and you watch like a horror movie. And it's like, oh yeah, I'm you know you know better. Typically, like I know this is fake, it's not a big deal. But like, it's something about being a kid and watching like child's play and genuinely being scared by it, and then oh, yeah. like, but then still going back to watch it with this kind of giddy like yeah fear <laughs> feeling. Like, yeah, it's such like a very unique experience that I still have, and I still will re- revisit like a lot of those movies just to kind of like get that. That little, you know, just I can feel something, really.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Especially when you're, like, I always make the joke that, like, so as a kid, Child's Play was my favorite horror movie. Mm. And it's, like, I was the same age as Andy Barkley, like, watching this movie about this <laughs> doll trying to kill this kid. Like, it's actually kind of dark. But, you know, I, yeah, I agree with you. I think it's, like, you you become desensitized in a way where it's, like, you end up liking being scared. And people mm-hmm. always say to me, like, well, don't you hate that? Like, I hate, like, that was too scary for me. And it's like, well, the goal is to be scared. Like, if a horror movie scares me, then I'm, like, I'm down for it. Like, that's yeah. that's the tea. That's what I want. You know exactly. what I mean? Exactly.
1: And you get to be scared in a safe space. So yeah. you get to explore that feeling. But it also helps, I, for me, like, I've even taken it, like, aside from just like the rush of like oh being scared and the adrenaline but also kind of like unpacking like why is it scary like what is about this movie that because not all movies do it for me some movies I'm like oh this is kind of stupid but there there are certain horror movies where I'm like oh shit like that was I don't know what about what it is about this but like it really it triggered something very visceral in me
0: absolutely
1: yeah it's just it's a fun experience and I do try to encourage you know whenever I have like a you know someone's like oh I hate horror movies I'm like but have you seen this one? Like, <laughs> try to confront yeah.
0: them. <laughs> and plus it's interesting because it's like, you know, there's obviously 900 million horror movies and it's like, mm-hmm. you know, in 2020, if a movie comes out and finds a new creative way to be scary, like that to me is like the ultimate where I'm like,
1: oh my God,
0: like yes. how has nobody thought about this in however many years?
1: Mm-hmm, that's totally right. So I think it's also like, and I think that's what makes the genre so fun is that, there are new ways. I think I think people tend to dismiss it and assume like, you know, how many zombie movies can we have? How many, you know, slasher yeah. movies? Like there's always something else because yeah. culture is always changing. The things that we are afraid of, like change as well. So we can always tap into something like,
0: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life.
1: No purchase necessary. VTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. That's so I true.
0: I high
1: hopes. High hopes for horror. Always. That's so
0: true. The cultural thing though is so important because horror movies, in my opinion, more than any genre, horror movies really help define a time period. Mm-hmm. Like you can look at a horror movie and, really get like a strong understanding of what like youth like especially slasher movies yes you know you can look Mm -hmm. at a slasher movie and be like wow this was youth culture you know in 1998 and like this is all of it just like on a screen like it's it's like a time capsule and they're so important
1: oh absolutely and so I also um, encourage folks who still are not sold on this analysis like check out international horror movies. Like, it's fun to see what other cultures consider, like, scary. And it really does, like, teach you a lot about, I think, a society. If you can, like, tap into, like, what keeps people awake at night. Like, I don't don't know. I love it. It's great. It's good stuff. I can't wait to pass it on to my children. (laughs) (laughs) Literally,
0: the, like, obsession. I can't wait. If my kid doesn't, like, horror, they're going back. I don't want them.
1: Yeah, no, I'm I'm selling them.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Speaking of, like, time capsules and things like that, one of the things that I find really interesting about this movie is that it feels like during this time, specifically, more so than any other time in horror, Mm -hmm. these movies are, like, they're, like, soapy dramas that just so happen to have, like, a horror element too. Mm. You know? There's a lot of, like, i don't know i really like the connections between the characters specifically in this movie i actually think they did a really good job of like making it seem like these people actually kind of care about each other and i don't know like the deaths in this movie actually make me like sad where i'm like oh yes. you know
1: especially when i didn't even bother wearing the characters names they're all just like the actors names for me because they're like,
0: all named julie <laughs>
1: they're all just like uh freaking initials because like we all have three names except for one of them but like freaking Sarah Michelle Gellar's death is the one scene I remember like I think has stayed with me Mm -hmm. because it's like she was such a likable character Mm -hmm. and the way she dies is just so like Oh, uh, you are je- I was jelly watching it last night. Like, I knew what was going to happen, but I'm like screaming like, "Oh, come on, girl, like run, run around and going to make I it." Know. And then like she dies. I'm just like, "Oh, you- she was so fucking close. Like it killed me." Oh, uh, so good. It kills
0: me every s- I <laughs> always am like I just want to like grab her by that fucking silk dress and pull her into the parade. Yes. I, I just want to pull like I would literally want to kick her into the just go in the parade. <laughs> Don't stop running to check and see if he's still chasing you because he is.
1: And that scene is so well shot too, because they do the aerial so you can get the full effect of like, no, she was literally like, like spitting distance away from all those people. And it's just like, oh, it's, it gives me chills. I'm just like, shit. It's like, because one of my biggest fears too, is like being murdered, but like close enough to people that if they just were tuned in, they would know, but far enough where they just are not aware of it. And it's like, oh shit, like, ah, God.
0: Yeah, and that scene is so effective, too, because it's not, like, it's a lot of camera trickery, like, really creative camera trickery, where it's, like, there's fireworks going off, and, Mm -hmm. you know, the lights are flashing, and you just get these, you know, glimpses every couple seconds of him killing her, but there's no blood at all. It's just Mm -hmm. effective lighting and, like, sounds, really.
1: Yeah, this movie isn't very gory either. I I don't know why I thought it was going to be. Maybe because of the hook, I just seem like, oh, we're going to see like some Candyman level, like, (laughs) you know, murders. But no, like actually like not that much blood, but still really effective.
0: Yeah, not that much blood and not many. This isn't like a a movie where 30 people die, you know, every 10 minutes, there's like another death. There's Mm -hmm. not really that many like big major deaths.
1: Yeah, which like you said, it adds to that kind of melodramatic like soap opera feel because so much of it is like more of the drama of just like the after effects of this accident and less of people just getting hot teens, just getting murdered, (laughs) right? Right,
0: Right. like after having sex and going to look for a beer. Yeah. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I guess I should be a good podcaster and, like, give, like, a little synopsis of what this movie is about. But if you've listened this much through and you don't, you've never seen it, I know, what summer, like, what are you doing? You know. Um, so, which, by the way, this is another thing that I want to eventually talk to you about. But this movie, I guess, is about a group of teenagers. <clears throat> they live in this, like, fishing town. I love the setting, by the way. Yes. Such a good setting for a horror movie. Lots of fish puns so many fish puns and like, like just crazy, like smoky, weird, like, like murky dock setups. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like <laughs> it's true swamp town. I love it. Um, but this group of teenagers, it's the 4th of July. Um, it's the summer before college and they all are like, they're partying, they're drinking and they're having fun and they end up hitting this guy throwing his body off of a dock and taking it to their grave that they're never going to talk about it. And of course they believe that this person who comes is coming back to like kill them all basically for what, what they did. Mm -hmm. And I was going to tell you that I think one of the, you know, I I think it's interesting that this movie for some reason doesn't hold the same legacy as Scream even though it was written by the same person and came out around the same time.
1: Wait, it had the same writer?
0: Yeah. Isn't that nuts?
1: I did not know that. Yeah. That is new information. Oh, wow. Yeah. That is weird.
0: <laughs> it's like, oh, it's, it's very strange. And it's funny because it's like, you know, they came out like pretty close to each other. So, I mean, they have like a sort of similar, like cast Stack up of like young, hot, you know, herbal essences, Neutrogena <laughs> ad people, yeah, you know. But I think my theory on I Know What You Did Last Summer is that I think the reason it's not iconic is because of the killer because mm. he's kind of lame,
1: yeah, y- you know, yeah, You're right. right. Yeah, now I'm thinking about it. Yeah, like there's not, because I think this is the truth with just slasher movies in general, like the killer does matter. Like they have to have charisma in some way, like a Freddy Krueger or they have to have that kind of like brutality of like a Michael Myers or like a Jason. Yeah. You're right. It really is just like an old man in a slicker and he just kind of (laughs) like hits you with his hook and then that's it.
0: Like he's kind of lame and also it's like, the reveal is not rewarding because it's kind of confusing.
1: Yes. So before I even watched this again, I did like a quick Wikipedia read, like a synopsis. And I was confused by it. Like I was reading, I was like, wait, huh? And like, I just was like, wait, so, so who is, who died? And I could not figure out what this mystery was. And you're right. Like it, it is kind of unclear and it's not satisfying in the same way as like, like screaming scream is like incredibly satisfying finding out who the killer is and like what the whole like the motive is like you're right it is kind of like still unclear to me honestly is is what like why what motivated this this man to do this besides like oh you you thought you killed me but you didn't (laughs)
0: listen i would bet everybody involved in this movie still couldn't tell you what the fuck it's about because it's like okay they okay they hit a guy they thought they hit a guy with their car and they lived their whole year thinking that they hit somebody and then threw them into the river or whatever
1: Mm -hmm.
0: but then they find out that they didn't actually hit this person that somebody else had already killed them and the person they hit
1: I, I it's like I don't fucking it's just so confusing yeah, Now that you're talking through it, now I'm like, wait, hold on. Like <laughs> it's wild. It's insane. It's, wait, so the person they hit, right? It was like that girl's dad. Yes. <laughs> right?
0: I mean we both just watched the movie. I've been watching this movie my whole life, but I don't know what's what it's about.
1: <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> you no, know, I have like five pages of notes, and I just realized, wait, I don't think I know what
0: I think that the guy. This is so funny. No, I Shit. think that the guy, Anhisha's brother. Yeah. Like went out there to die. Yeah. Right.
1: Uh huh.
0: And they thought they killed Anhisha's brother, but he was already dead. Right. And they actually actually hit the guy in the slicker. And that's the reason that when they threw him into the water, he, like, opens his eyes because it was him.
1: Right. But he had, he killed, so... Did, yeah. <laughs> did, did H's brother, I know he wanted to um, to kill himself, but did he actually do it? Wasn't it the dad of Billy, or, or not Billy, Ben? Because he was, like, getting revenge for him killing his daughter because of the car accident?
0: Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Billy blew... Yeah. Um, and that's why it's not memorable, and that's that's yeah. it. It's like I've seen this movie more than once, but I was genuinely like, I actually don't remember what happened. And that's you're totally right. Like, and I'm sure if I watched this when I was like seven, I was not like, getting no. the intricacies of this no. plot. Like, it's
0: it's complicated in a way that's just like it's so over. Let's say why, like, yeah, why make it this? You're doing too much. You are doing way too fucking much. It's not that deep, like. They hit yeah. a guy and he's psychotic and is back to get them. Like, let's just keep it simple.
1: Keep it simple. It's overwritten in that way. And I think um, the other reason why it may not be memorable is because, like, oh, crap. Oh, there, I almost lost my thought. I remember now. It, it is coming in the same era of Scream, but I think it the movie takes itself a little bit more seriously. Yeah. And the fun of Scream is that it, it is, like, super meta and like self-referential and kind of funny this one is definitely like I think going for like a serious ish horror movie and it it falls flat because you do have a lot of unintentionally funny moments (laughs)
0: yes
1: (laughs) like the part after I think after they hit (laughs) whoever that guy was after they hit him and, you know, they're debating like, oh, you know, do, do we go to the cops? Like, what do we do? And I'm like, just go to the cops. You're like four white teenagers. Like, you're fine. Like, right. go to the police. Everything yes. will be okay. Like, the one of you, one of you is rich. Like, don't even worry about it. But um, when they're arguing about it, and at one point, um, Ry- uh, Ryan Philippi's character, like snatches Julia up and starts choking her. And it's so funny because no one does anything
0: about I it. I know.
1: Like her boyfriend, who she just lost her virginity to, it's just standing there, and I'm like, uh, it's
0: so I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I love that scene, and I love that Sarah Michelle Geller is in the back just giving you like acting, acting school damsel. She's like, yes. ah, 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 ah. like she's just like being, she's being insane in the background. Like, if you really study all of Sarah Michelle Geller's body movements in the back, she's just like, I don't know who the fuck was di- directing her to just give full manic damsel yes but she was like a second away from being tied on train tracks like just really classic like looney tunes damsel in distress
1: I feel like they were like, hey, Sarah, you know that episode of Buffy when that Halloween spell happens and you literally become an 18th century damsel? <laughs> yeah, Give us that. Like, <laughs> just do that again without the British accent. Just do that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's like, can you just keep touching your hair and looking around and looking like you don't know what's going to happen next? It's amazing what you're doing.
1: Maybe maybe you faint. It's like, just yeah. a little
0: bit. We love it. <laughs> They're just, it's so, yeah. And Ryan Phillippe is fucking insane. So aggro. That whole scene. <laughs> He's like, we take it to the grave. Say it, Julie. Say it. He's like choking her out while Freddie like, Jr. is doing Don't fucking there. not. Say it. I was like, okay. <laughs> I know. I know. And then it's like, so, and they kill off everybody interesting. Let's be honest. Let's like really get real here for a second. The most interesting people in this movie die. And yes. then. Freddie Prince Jr. Who, like, I understand that we all had a crush on at 14. Like, I'm not trying to, like, denounce him. But, like, come on. The man is charmless. Can we talk? Yeah. Like, he's the least interesting person in this movie. If anything, he's, like, the worst cast member for sure. I mean, he's the
1: worst actor by far. Absolutely. Well, because also it's unclear what i guess i mean we we expect these movies to have tropes right like yeah. it's unclear what trope he's fulfilling because like okay julie final girl out the gate she she rambles on some like feminist bullshit so we're like hey okay, julie we got it like
0: yeah <laughs> you're totally final girl. You're
1: right yeah perfect um of helen who's uh smg okay like you're the beauty queen she's not the bitch she could have been made into a bitch but she's not but she's a little bit vain you know maybe a little mm-hmm. bit airheaded sure got it Ryan Phillippe. Okay, you're just like fucking aggro Chad. Yeah, got it. Freddie Prince Jr. is like kind of smart because then he kind of mentions like cultural analysis of urban legends, but then is also a fisherman. But I <laughs> thought I didn't know what his deal was. It was very unclear. And even when we find out the whole like Billy Blue thing, I'm like, okay, so then did he date Missy or yeah? they his dated, friends. right?
0: I think that they dated.
1: Because then he doesn't, like, really explain... It's very... He's very underwritten. I think it's just, like, I don't really get what yeah. his situation is outside of... I guess he wanted to escape and be able to, like, go to New York and hang out in cafes, but then decided or couldn't and is a fisherman. Like, it's very unclear.
0: Yeah, and, like, obviously they're very unclear of their relationship with him, too, because every like 15 minutes they think he could be the killer Th- this yeah. guy that they all i mean like literally this guy that sarah michelle or um that uh julie i don't know why i can't think of jennifer love hewitt's name <laughs> uh this guy that jennifer love you know jennifer love hewitt is in love with ugh, mm-hmm. and they're all best friends with and they're like they keep having to ask him if he's the murderer. Like, they obviously-
1: (laughs) (laughs) They don't trust him. And then on top of that, it's like, I was unclear of some of the the relationships to him because then at some point, Ryan Phillippe's like, you've always been jealous of us. You like, you wanted to be in the group. I'm like, wait, is he not your best friend? I thought he was, they were all like, at the very least, I actually thought it was the two guys who were like best friends. And then by default, the girlfriends kind of just became friends. So it was very strange seeing, you know, this aggro Chad just, like, do this whole thing where he's like, no, like, fuck you, like, you never liked us, you're terrible. And, like, I thought you guys were all, like, the best friends ever. <laughs> like, what? So my thought,
0: my theory on that, because I honestly don't know, I think that he's supposed to be poor. Like, Mm-kay. he's the, po- in quotes, the poor one. And, like, mm. where they were all gonna, like, destined to, like, go off and go to New York, and Ryan Phillippe's rich, and, you know, like, they're all, like, gonna go do things. Sir Michelle is like, the town beauty queen. She's gonna go model or whatever. He was, like, the poor one that was gonna always, like, be, like, a chum scrubber or whatever. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. I um, but it's so, it's just so weird. And then, like, randomly they'll be, like, like, all signs will point towards him being like the murderer. They'll be like, Wait, why do you have like a hook in your car and a slicker? And he'll be like, Oh, oh, my dad left his slicker behind when I was a kid from my fish. It's like he's just so like, it always seems like Freddie Prince Jr. is doing like a bit. Like, he's like trying to be like, an airhead guy from the 90s or something and it's like it's actually how he acts. I don't know, I've just never like really been a real Freddie Prince Jr. kind of guy.
1: Yeah, I think he um yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> like, like, <laughs> I think he's lucky that he married a more charming actress and like beloved actress. I think it was a smart move.
0: Oh my god. So. It, yeah, it brings him up so much that he's associated with her.
1: Yeah, because then also I'm like, well, there must be something about him because, like, she's with him, so (laughs) she knows something, I guess, that we don't know.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but I will say that aside from him, one of the things that I really, I really, really like about this movie, and to be honest with you, in some ways even more than Scream, I think that they do a really good job of making these characters seem, aside from him, seem genuinely connected. Like, Sir Michelle Geller and jennifer love hewitt their relationship i think is so good
1: it is like, sorry my dog is crazy yeah that's well, all right
0: <laughs> but it's just um, so well written and like so like nuanced uh, and there's so many things that are kind of like unspoken that they don't really talk about but they are just there because it's good
1: you know i so agree i think they could have done the boring thing which i think um i think would have been the more obvious thing is because um Sarah, Sarah Michelle Geller is kind of like the, you know the vain pretty you know popular girl she could have been more of like a bitch to Julie in a lot of ways yeah but you can tell there's a genuine like of 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 genuine thing going on I think especially when they both go on their little adventure to like Aunt H's house it's like no these people like each other and they actually like there is a sadness because they aren't friends anymore and it's like I felt something with that, of like, oh, like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was good. Um, another <laughs> memorable person who died. Um, can we talk about Johnny Galecki being in this movie?
0: Oh my God, who, by the way, has the most gruesome death.
1: He has the most gruesome death. Um, I love Johnny Galecki. He's a short king, in my opinion. Like, I love yeah. him so much. Um, his accent, though oh yeah
0: (laughs) took me a minute oh yeah he's is he southern well
1: because they're in like north carolina right but he's the only one who decides to go for like an accent but he doesn't commit to it so it's very confusing he's speaking when we first see him (laughs) there after like the budget and he does this like weird drawl thing but it goes in and out and i'm like but why doesn't anyone else have an accent because you guys all grew up in this town
0: (laughs) i always forget about that you're totally right though he doesn't commit to it it's like sometimes Mm -mm. he's got a real southern draw he's like full matthew mcconaughey
1: yes (laughs) and
0: then sometimes he's just fully not he completely has no accent at all
1: yeah it's it, it is very memorable for me and it was the thing that like killed me the most seeing him in this movie it was just kind of like hmm interesting choice on johnny galecki's part <laughs> yeah he
0: is a short king though i love him i love his hair he really is
1: i love his hair i loved him as david on roseanne mm-hmm. so and i forgot he was in this so when he showed up i was genuinely excited to see him but he had the most gruesome death like he gets like a a, a hook in like the throat and then dragged yeah. away
0: yeah, and he's the first person to die, right?
1: Yeah, he's the first person to die. And it is it is truly upsetting and very graphic,
0: but... It's so graphic out of nowhere. It's just, like, it's the only really super graphic, gory death. And I feel like it's, like, I think he only dies so that you can see that he's, A, not the killer, because uh-huh. they, like, kind of make you believe that he could be. And, B, it's, like, look how gruesome this can be,
1: you know? yeah but also I feel like they were kind of trying to set him up aside from like as being like oh is he the killer but clearly not I think they were trying to make him unlikable Mm -hmm. but again he was another character I was like I'm not really clear what his deal is I mean I think him and Julie were friends and like he kind of likes her but they kind of set him up as being like an asshole but like again he doesn't commit enough to it so I'm like I don't really think he's that bad I think he's just kind of maybe a vaguely annoying character that just is around everyone.
0: Yeah, if anything, it seems like he's being bullied. Yeah. Because he he keeps getting choked out (laughs) for no reason. They keep choking him. (laughs) Literally, Ryan Phillippe chokes him like eight times. I'm like, why does this keep happening? I don't understand. Ryan Phillippe
1: chokes everybody
0: in (laughs) this movie. He does. I think that, speaking of Ryan Phillippe, that's another relationship that I think is really good in this movie is I love him and Sarah Michelle Geller. like they're such a believable couple and I love that they like he's an asshole but he like loves going to her pageants and stuff because he's like so proud of her like I just think that's funny <laughs>
1: He's like a full-on stage dad. If she loses, he will choke the judges. Like, Like, literally. (laughs) He'll
0: show up in a white crew neck sweater, sweaty, ready to choke everybody out. I just love it. I love that he's, like, he's up in (laughs) in the rafters of that fucking stage, like, going hard for his
1: girl during the
0: talent portion. Like, he's living.
1: I love to imagine that, like, at other pageants. He's, like, going full, like, Toddlers and So yeah. he's, like, in the audience, like, mouthing the words to her song and, like, doing the dances with her.
0: Like, he's, like, sparkle, baby! Yeah.
1: Kiss it, Smoochie! Like, make sure she has Vaseline on her teeth before she goes out so she keeps smiling, like... <laughs> yeah, he's the pixie stick supplier.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> Give her her go-go juice before she goes
0: out. <laughs> he literally was up in the rafters, like going and ins- i love i just like love that scene i love that it's he's like and i think it's good that he like i like that it's written but they don't you know when they come back and they all are sort of brought back together because they're all being tormented and these notes are being left about last summer i love that they don't date again necessarily but they mm-hmm. just sort of like naturally fall into their old relationship and it's none of it's like talked about it's just things that you pick up on like they when they first see each other they're kind of cold to one another but then mm-hmm. they like kind of slowly fall back into like you know and it's just very natural I just thought that was so good
1: yeah they have really great chemistry which I guess is why they played incestuous step-siblings in <laughs> yeah. as well this is their audition tape (laughs) it's like they're really good at this
0: (laughs) god it must have been so cool to be one of these one of these kids during that time just like we are in everything all of it's good we are beautiful everybody wants to be us like sir michelle geller was literally the
1: teen dream yes do teens like have that today like i feel like because now there's just so many like Avenues that people find fame, if it's like TikTok or social media or like the tr- traditional TV movie path. I mm-hmm. feel like there isn't that like set cohort. Cause even in my generation, so these these guys in this movie were a bit older for me. So I I was definitely aware of them, but I wasn't like my generation was like the Hillary Duff, the Lindsay Lohan's, like those sure. are like my girls. But I feel like they don't have that like cohort of like these are the girls, like these are the ones who you want to be like. Yeah they're on the cover of everything they're in everything like and I feel like it's a it's just a lost moment kind of of like having that like teen idol like set maybe 15 people that were allowed to be in movies <laughs> at any given no time. it's
0: true it's like a different it's it's like the way that kids idolize celebrities now is just so different than the way that we did because they're so much more accessible now yeah you know and like Back then, it was a really big deal. Like, Sarah Michelle Geller had a career based on the fact that she, like, slayed TV and film. And, like, that meant mm-hmm. something. It was like, you know, that was an achievement. It was like, wow, Sarah Michelle Geller is not just a a, a a television star or a movie star. She's both. That was a big deal. But now, it's yeah. sort of expected that you do everything, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't I've... <laughs> i mean i don't know what it's like to be a kid and then it'll be an annoying millennial and like oh these kids these days missed out but it's like i do miss that kind of like um i think was it vanity fair i think would do like the young hot hollywood thing and it just like the if you're on like the cover you're part of this group of specifically actresses then like you've made it this is them these are your idols this is who you love like totally i I don't know i freaking miss it it was so it's so like unique and just like a special time of seeing that and just like also just watch like seeing that cover and thinking like oh my god what are the dynamics like between them like during the shoot like i know Lindsay talked to raven like what's that about i just like was obsessed with them and damn now it's just tiktok teens
0: i know oh god (laughs) speaking of i was literally the other day I always get recommended, like, paparazzi videos on YouTube because, duh, you know? (laughs) Yeah, of course. (laughs) So I, like, well, just randomly sometimes watch old ones. But when you watch old ones, like, they'll try and recommend, like, newer ones to you. And I don't watch, like, new – like, nobody really watches paparazzi videos anymore the way that they used to, you know? Mm -hmm. And I was like, what's going on on these paparazzi websites? Like, what is X17 and all these websites that I used to – frequent every single day multiple times a day you know as a teenager what are they doing and literally it is all all they do is follow tiktokers around they Mm -hmm. follow youtubers and tiktokers around it's like tana coming out of a fucking tanning booth and giving (laughs) an exclusive interview in front of like like some restaurant about her new shoe line like it's all such bullshit and i was like wow this is like actually kind of sad
1: yeah well it's it's like you're saying because they're so accessible now they that excitement of like getting a quote from a celebrity where it was like oh shoot like yeah what what does she think about this thing like I need to know it's like well now they're just on social media and they can tell you directly it's like not as cool or exciting or or getting like a paparazzi photo of someone leaving yeah. a club or something it's like well now if you're on Instagram I can see where they like I know where they are because they told me <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, like, right <laughs> we both just left Walgreens. It's not really that big of a deal. Right. <laughs> but it's true. And it's funny, because it's like, I used to always say, um, you know, when you become, like, well, back in the day, when you would become, like, a CW kind of star, mm-hmm. it just sort of felt like you naturally, like, Sir Michelle Geller is the perfect example. It's like, when you get cast on a CW show, if you take off and if people like you or WB Mm -hmm. to be respectful. Wow. Uh, (laughs) Or the dance and frog to be respectful. Um, It's like you just, you automatically assume, okay, this person is going to be in a Neutrogena ad. This person is going to be an herbal essences girl. This Mm -hmm. person is going to uh, promote Skechers. Like, it just felt like that was, like, sort of yes. the natural progression,
1: you know? She's going to be in a Got Milk ad.
0: <laughs> oh, yes.
1: Yes. Oh, God. I used to love those. They me were so too. good. The one I, I remember, I don't know why it stands out to me, and it could be because I was obsessed with her. Hillary Duff did a Got Milk ad, and it's, like, she's, like, holding a bunch of shopping bags, and then, but also milk, and then she's doing that <laughs> weird, like, kind of pigeon-toed, like, oh, I'm so quirky and crazy, like, <laughs> yeah. my favorite picture ever look how turned in my little foot is (laughs) with her little like pointy toe shoe (laughs) it's like
0: oh (laughs) Oh, god i used to love got milk ads i would like collect britney's got milk ads of course because i'm of course and uh i used to love there's like two of them that were so good the one where she's like an adult and then it's like her is like a little girl drinking a glass of milk and then there's one where she's like because it's like how creative can we be with milk you know what I mean (laughs) that was the whole gig like how can we make this celebrity do a funny thing with milk and there's one where she's like throwing milk over her head that I used to literally have like on my wall for years A got milk advertisement like what
1: man bring those back
0: I know I Uh, know that's what this whole movie just puts me in that exact sort of like mindset of just like young you know mid to late 90s hollywood like herbal essences and Neutrogena and got milk and lugs and all of that like (laughs) you know just like all of those things it's so good i love it i love it good
1: it really does and one one thing i thought about i couldn't stop thinking about was um and I think it's like the one thing when I think of Jennifer Love Hewitt. No, two things I think about her. One, her singing career and remembering Ugh. like when I watched the MTV like um, making of the video of Bare Naked.
0: Carol, <laughs> I'm getting jaded and no, I just can't take it anymore. When I tell you that, that if that song pops up on my shuffle, I don't think I've ever turned away from it, ever.
1: <laughs> I had completely forgot about it until I saw her in this, and I was like, oh my God, yeah. But there was that memory. And also when she cameoed um, on that episode of Boy Meets World when they do like the slasher, like, yes. parody, and she's oh my God. <laughs> like, screaming so much because she's such a good screamer. Like, she's oh. a great scream queen. And she screams so many times.
0: <laughs> I think she scream. and um,
1: Wilfred Dell were dating around the same time. I was like, oh, I love this.
0: Speaking of, what do you think about her as a final girl? Like, what do you think about her as like the lead of this movie?
1: so i think she's i think she does fine but again similar to how this is like screams you know redheaded stepchild i forgot that yeah no Jennifer of hewitt was in this movie and actually was good in it i think she was yeah. a good screen queen um we get that very iconic scene and she's like what are you waiting for like oh my
0: god i know i know
1: it's so good but i the sad thing is I think of Nev before I think of her when I think of like a 90s scream queen. I don't think of her, even though she did so well, but she just, it gets eclipsed by scream I know, and that's just what it is.
0: And that sucks because she, she is really good. I mean, she's, Mm -hmm. I think really good in this movie and I, I don't know, it is, it's so true. Like nobody ever thinks of her as being one of the scream queens, but she was pretty good.
1: She was good. And it's, it's. I think people underestimate how hard it is to nail that scream. Ugh. Like it's hard, like she does, I don't know the first time she does the scream. I think it's when they see after they've hit the guy and she sees he's dead, she screams. And I was like, I genuinely wrote down like, ooh, good scream. Like,
0: <laughs> Yeah, it's it sounds like a sound effect, it's so good.
1: Yeah, and it's like, it's her. And mm-hmm. I know it's her because she was on Boy Meets World and she did it, and I was like, yeah. Ah. She's really good at this. <laughs> yeah.
0: I know. And there's actually one really funny scream that she does in this movie where like at the end, she just won't stop screaming. Like she literally, everything she looks at, she just screams at the entire time. And there's a really funny one where he like has her trapped in the bottom of the boat and he comes over and just like sort of gives her like a menacing stare. And I always love that too when it's like, you've not hesitated to kill anybody else but this girl you just stare at for really long periods before you kill her and like grin
1: well yeah he saw the mousy brown hair and he was like this is my final girl i can't mm-hmm. kill her too, too <laughs> quick you know
0: she's like i gotta make this one good <laughs> <laughs> but she like sees him and screams and then freddie prince jr who becomes fucking zorro at the end of the movie for whatever reason <laughs> He, like, knocks him out. And then Freddie Prince Jr. goes over to save her and, like, stands above her while she's under the boat and she screams again. And it's such an unnecessary scream. It just, for some reason, always stuck out to me that, like, why did she do that? Like... <laughs> <laughs> just doing an extra one, you know? <laughs> yeah, like, it's just a lot of really unnecessary screaming. But, yeah, the, the end of the movie just sucks so bad. It's, like, this whole... Amazing climactic buildup. Like, if anything, Sir Michelle Geller's death could have been the end of the movie because it's so good, mm-hmm. it's so intense, and she try she is like giving you final girl. No, I'm trying to fucking live. Like, I've thrown myself out of a, a building, yes. I have dived out of a car, I have run all over town barefoot. I'm trying to live. And then it builds up to this this final moment with this stranger who we haven't seen the whole movie until now. Nope. And it's just like some fucking guy who looks like a trucker. And they have like a weird, very choreographed fight sequence on this boat that just feels so very quickly thrown together.
1: Yeah, it was it was very underwhelming. Like, especially again, when you compare it to... A scream or to like contemporaries mm-hmm. those those endings are memorable like the scream yeah. climax is memorable because of the reveal and also because of just like so much is going on it's so good but yeah it's just and maybe it's cuts on a boat like it's so self-contained like why yeah. like i get it like we're in a quaint fishing village like he's a fisherman yeah she's on a boat he's gonna kill her out there but like it's like a little, tiny little boat. It's not really, like, does not allow for much space for, like, running and hiding and doing all of, like, the intense climax stuff that you get in, like, a huge house. Or, like, you know, Sarah Michelle Gellar through, like, an alleyway and through a store and across a street and in a cop car. She's, like, going right. everywhere all yes. over the town. And this one's just like, oh, she's just on a boat. <laughs> just
0: running in circles on a boat. He's doing wacky things like putting chains on top of doors so she can't push them open. Like, they are literally... like it's so silly and like he is just such a weird like the killer is such a weird actor like Mm -hmm. he makes such weird acting choices by like staring at her and grinning for long periods of time with no with no no words (laughs) no dialogue he just (laughs) stares and gives a weird smile for really really long periods of time and doesn't try and kill her it's just weird
1: yeah it is. It is. And then oh, Frank Jr. Dang, just like
0: yeah. ends up cutting his, they cut off his hand and they think he's dead.
1: Yeah, and like he's clearly not, guys, you made this mistake already. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Like, he falls in that water. I'm jumping in that water. And we are going to make sure this man is dead. It's absurd. It's absurd. It's very absurd. And also, even another thing that wrong with this killer is like they they fall into that like unfortunate trope where like the killer is like just really superhuman but clearly not superhuman because he's like a person Mm -hmm. so the the bit when um julie finds johnny kalecki's little body like in the trunk
0: yes with
1: all the crabs and then like five minutes later they come back and it's gone like no crabs no nothing and i'm like I got very confused like so is she hallucinating this or did he do this and if so how
0: I hate that scene so much yeah I hate it so much because it's like yeah you're not supposed to it's like is she is this all in her head because if not the trunk is incredibly clean Mm -hmm. I mean it is spotless for just you know four minutes ago having a dead rotting body and live crabs in it it's pretty clean
1: i'm from maryland okay like i have experience with bushels of blue crabs and i'm like there's no way you clean out all those blue crabs and there's no smell there's no wetness there isn't like a rogue little claw that you forgot that fell off of one of them like (laughs) 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 like
0: there's no way so fucking (laughs) weird i feel like we should also say before we end this that like there's a lot of with Sarah Michelle Geller. there's a lot of I'm obsessed with the trope of 90s and early 2000s uh hair extension moments on white women <laughs> in movies uh-huh. I yes. am I am I can't, I literally it will be my my future like novel will be about <laughs> All of the hair workings of white women experimenting with weave yes. in films, because it was like before they realized they could style weave, yep, or cut it even,
1: or so literally it, do anything to it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I'm just like
1: sticking it on her head. <laughs> it's
0: like if you have weave in a It's like um, it it always brings me back to uh, practical magic. Uh-huh. Like Sandra Bullock and Nicole Kidman literally just like their weave is cascading on the ground because they <laughs> have in quotes long hair. So it just has to be like to their <laughs> knees. So, like, you can cut extensions. Like you can cut them and style them.
1: Yes. It yes. kills me. <laughs> so bad. It reminds me of this um this uh Barbie doll I had that um it was the becky doll that had that came with a wheelchair and her hair was very straw like and i made the mistake of wetting it (laughs) one time and it looked like what her hair looked like it was just like straw like when she moves her head it just moves with her like it's (laughs)
0: like it's just so So it's It's so so bad clearly fake (laughs) it's so bad and i love that when he like in quotes cuts her hair in bed he cuts it into like an almost perfect bob <laughs> like right where her re- real hair stops is where he just so happens to cut it
1: he, like cuts it he kind of like dyes it a bit cause it's a bit like a lighter blonde but, like, yeah a like bleach moment like he, he hooked her up she looked good for the pageant Like, <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> like he, cho- he chose not to go too short which i love he, he she still had shoulder length hair mm-hmm it's like, okay, like, (laughs) 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 oh my god, it's so silly, but yeah, that kills me, I always die at the beginning, I'm like, oh yeah, I always forget that she has like a really long weave moment for like more than half the movie, where she just has these cascading, like sort of lifetime movie for women curls.
1: Specifically with a headband, so you can
0: yes hide
1: like
0: (laughs) yes tricks (laughs) always like a headband and like a half like a half pony to hide all of the the magic that's happening
1: yes
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, well do you have any uh i don't know i can't think of anything else that i that i feel like i need i need to say about this movie but i definitely do want to talk about i still know what you did last summer with you too
1: yes absolutely cannot wait (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> do you have any closing thoughts about this movie before we seal it in the vault forever
1: yeah no i i enjoyed it i hate to say it i think in a week i will forget this <laughs> ending once more <laughs> but i still had so much fun in the moment like watching it it was it's i think it's one that is it's a fun kind of like romp I think especially if you're not a huge horror fan I think it's a good one that's you know a good intro to just like a fun slasher
0: yeah and if anybody listening feels like they can really fully explain and I'm not even kidding if you (laughs) understand the plot of this movie and you feel like you can explain who Billy Blue is to me I'm (laughs) open I'm completely open I'm vulnerable uh (laughs) well tell people by the way you are now a part of the siloed listen family i should have said that at the beginning of the fucking episode hello
1: oh that's fine yeah we are with everybody wants something our degrassi podcast it's been so much fun and so awesome joining the fam um we're about to close out on junior high we're going through the entire degrassi extended universe so like just jump in there please it's so fun
0: it's incredible what you guys are doing is fucking incredible because it feels <laughs> so over like I'm I'm overwhelmed by the task but I'm so happy that you're doing it
1: yeah I, we're we're having a great time and um it's it's been honestly amazing Lauren and I are like close close friends best friends since we were kids so it's been really wonderful kind of reliving these tv moments and also reminiscing about our own experiences in middle school and high school so if you like that, check it out.
0: Well, yeah, tell people um, where they can find that and your horror podcast and all the things, where to follow you and stuff.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, both shows, Everybody Wants Something and We Die First, are available wherever you listen to podcasts. So just search it, it's there. Um, we are on Instagram as EWS Pod for the Degrassi podcast, and we're on um, Instagram as We Die First Pod. As well. And we have some fun little announcements and memes and whatnot. So follow us there.
0: Yay. Thank you so much for doing this with me. This was super fun.
1: Oh my god, no. Thank you so much for having me. Also, open invite to come on Weed Eye first, because we'd love, 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 love to talk to you as well. <laughs> I would be I'm not kidding. I would be honored. Yes. Please, please. But no, it was so much fun. Thank you for having me.
0: Of course. And you guys go follow. Um, also, you're gonna. We are going to also cover. I still know what you did last summer because you think that we're not going to talk about Brandy. You're out of your fucking
1: mind. Yes,
0: we are <laughs> obviously going to talk about Brandy's only horror film. Um, so yeah, that will happen next week. And uh, yeah, I'll talk to you later. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Dunzo. This podcast is a part of the Solid Listen Network. Please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe if you haven't already. Also be sure to check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash solidlisten for exclusive content. You can follow me on Twitter at Troy McGee, and you can follow the podcast on all forms of social media at DunzoPod. That's D-U-N-Z-O. Thank you to executive producer Molly McAleer and coordinating producer Nicole Matthew.